Hello and welcome to Never Seen It, a podcast about movies we haven't seen yet. My name is Trent. I'm here with my wife, Betsy. Yo! We're coming in like a lion into the month of May with a brand new episode of this here podcast. Today, we're going to watch a big-ass movie that neither of us have seen. What are you talking about, Trent? Betsy, we haven't seen the movie Rocky. This is this is a fact. 1976. This movie has existed our lives and then some. Eight and nine years more than we've been alive. And we haven't watched it. Never. In our 38 years on this planet. In fact, we haven't watched any of the Rocky movies. No, some people believe in just starting wherever they want. I'm a... I am a firm believer Mm -hmm. in any series like this starting at the beginning. You gotta have a bedrock. And we're not announcing a new series here. We are just simply getting a base level for the original movie, Rocky. If we decide that we're going to continue on, it'll be at a later date and a later month and whatever else. Yeah, we just did two series. We're not doing another nope. series right now. Thank you very much. Well, actually we are, but not okay, until not Rocky. Sunday. Not, not Rocky. A, no, we're not doing a Rocky series right now. So, as per usual, we're going to talk about the movie and what we know about it. So, Betsy, why don't you start us off? What do you know about this here Rocky guy? All right. I know that this is Sylvester Stallone's big movie break. He had been in a couple of things up to this point. Namely being porn. Okay, that too. Um, (laughs) But he had not made it big in Hollywood. So what did he do? Like some creators, he created his own content. Yeah. He wrote this movie. He stars in this movie. It's him. Burgess Meredith as his coach, his trainer. It's over, Rock! (laughs) And the only other person I know for sure is Talia Shire. And I only know this because I've heard the name. I have no idea anything else she has been in (laughs) off the top of my head. Yeah, she's Adrian. She is Adrian. So that's who I know that is in this movie. And when this came out, this was like a big hit. Mm-hmm. It's in Philadelphia. They have a statue for him. Yeah. Um, yeah. What else could I tell you about Rocky? He he has a training sequence. There's some boxing. A little bit of boxing. A <laughs> L- little bit of boxing. He and Adrian are in love. I don't know. I just know at the end of the movie, he goes, Adrian, I You're did Adrian. it. Well, well, his like eyes are swell, swollen shut and he's bleeding everywhere and he's yelling, yo, Adrian, are we dead? Or something like that. I don't yeah. know. And I don't know if this is a movie where he wins or he's just proud of himself for making it this far. I don't know. I have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> like how this starts, I know he's like maybe down on his luck and he's like coming up in the boxing world. Yeah, he's a working class guy in, in a yeah. working class city. Yeah. But like what the story beats are other than what you said. I know there's a training sequence that kind of brought the idea of, of a montage like this back into modern film because this is the og montage it is it is and it's what all montages are based on from this point on basically (laughs) so again i don't really have much else to contribute to what i know about the movie because i have the tiger (laughs) that's 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 about it i don't think that's in this one i think that's from a later one (laughs) (laughs) i guess we're gonna find out I know it, that Eye of the Tiger is definitely from a Rocky. Yeah. I'm just not sure it's from this Rocky. Okay, the Rocky. From the Rocky. <laughs> <laughs> we should reboot Rocky and call it the Rocky. We don't need to reboot Rocky. We've been doing Rocky movies for 50 years. Yeah, the reboot is called Creed. Yeah, we made five Rocky movies. 
three Creed movies, and I think I got the total, or no, six Rocky movies, because there was Rocky Balboa. Yeah. But in any case, there's a shitload of these things now, but this is the original. Yeah, so we're going to go and watch the original Rocky. We'll be right back. Betsy, that was Rocky. Uh-huh. <laughs> that was the song. <laughs> That's the song. Yeah, there's no licensed music in this. What am I talking about? <laughs> no, we were just reading the IMDb facts, and I think the lesson here is we have no money. <laughs> yeah, this was a low-budget kind of thing. This is the kind of shoestring, make-it-up-as-you-go-along underdog making of a movie about an underdog that won an oscar for best picture an oscar the oscar Oscar, yes (laughs) and this is one of the very few movies that you had not seen that won best picture uh for quite some years yes you have to Mm -hmm. go back quite a ways and this is one of them yeah so what did you think I get it. I liked it. I was smiling through the majority of this movie because he's just this, like, simple, big, dumb lug. He's a sweetheart. He's a sweetheart who's trying to make his shitty little life a little bit better. And then he's got this girl who he just tries to make laugh, and she's so shy and modest. And I'm like, this is freaking adorable. I was not expecting that at all. No, and, like, I knew... Talia Shire and I knew Adrian, but I'm like, do they fall in love and get married? Are they in the middle of it? What right. happens here? She's just this little dork who works at the pet store, right. who has nothing going on. She lives with her brother, who's a drunk. And like I said in the intro, they're all working class people. Very, like, I would say these people are fucking poor. Yeah, trying to get by. And I was thinking about it in the context of this movie. This starts in. Thanksgiving, right before Thanksgiving, Mm -hmm. 1975. Mm -hmm. This is smack in the recession of the 1970s, where life got really hard for a lot of people. Mm -hmm. And you look around this city, and this is a shithole. Like, where he is living, there is garbage everywhere. There's Mm -hmm. graffiti everywhere. This is a nasty place he lives, and his apartment is awful. It's the entire neighborhood. Yeah. And you see so many people just on the street, just hanging out, and there's probably nothing else to do, and they have no money to do anything. Yeah. Yeah. It was a hard time for America. And then, of course, the whole fight is about the bicentennial, and I hadn't even, like, it hadn't clicked in my brain. Sure, Oh, shit, we're in Philadelphia in 1976. Yeah, 1976 was a big year for this country, and they tried to really hype it up back then. Because people needed something to glom onto because it was so dire. Because it was, we're coming off of the Vietnam War and mm-hmm. there's this, you know, gas shortage and recession. There's and really all nothing this to bullshit. look, there's nothing to look forward to. Yeah, it was a really dismal time. And I think we've talked about this on, on this podcast before where I haven't seen or the movies I have seen, I haven't really liked movies from the 70s. This is only the third one we've covered on this show. Right. 
225. This is the 225th movie that we or episode we've done, and we've only covered three movies from the 70s. That's kind of surprising. And mostly it's because I find that they're really they they upset me. Like I don't like to be feeling bummed out when I watch movies, and mm-hmm. I find that this gritty realism that people were going for in the 1970s. Yeah. It, it just bums me out, and I don't I mean, enjoy those we, movies we, typically. We talked about it when we covered Deliverance. That is a very dark and very serious kind of a movie. Now we get to this one. We're in the middle of the decade. All these things are going on, and you have this story written by this dude who just was broke. Sylvester Stallone had to sell his dog a week before he sold the script because he couldn't afford to feed his dog. And that's the dog in the movie. Yeah, he had, I think the thing said he had like a hundred and some dollars in his bank account. And that was it. Yeah. And they didn't have money for costumes. They didn't, they filmed all of the shots of him running around without permits (laughs) or extras. Oh, we've heard something about that. Yeah. So they just kind of, Put this whole thing together, and then it just is this huge success. So people were looking for someone to root for. So I am not at all surprised that this movie made it so big. This movie was huge. It was the top earner that year. Yeah, and it just, everyone involved is starting at basically zero. Mm -hmm. This movie is made for almost nothing, and it goes on to be the highest grosser, and it wins all these awards, mm-hmm. including Best Picture. Yeah. It was nominated for a shitload of Academy Awards. And the studio didn't have any trust in Stallone, because before they even bought it, they wanted to put a guy like Robert Redford in it. A star. Or Burt Reynolds. We've talked about him a bunch right before we He's started. He's the only actor from, from the, the 70s. 70s we have talked about. <laughs> but yeah, they wanted a bigger star to to, to be in this because Stallone was an absolute nobody. But it works for the story. You can't glom onto a guy like Robert Redford, of all people, this handsome, rugged-looking man who everybody knows. Yeah, it doesn't work with the story. With Sylvester Stallone, he's... Oh God, he's young in this. Oh, yeah. Holy shit. <laughs> but he's not like an unattractive man, but he's not conventionally handsome either. No. He's just sort of this weird-looking meathead. <laughs> yeah, he's just a big fucking meathead. <laughs> <laughs> but I think he gets such a bad rap, and I would be really interested now if we talked about the fact this has spawned so many sequels, yeah. how he has changed as a writer and an actor, and just this character has changed. Because yeah, he was involved in all of the, yeah, the rest of them. We've talked about... Except for the most recent. We've talked about things like Die Hard, where in the first one, John McClane is this everyman who's put in an extreme situation, and yeah. by the end of the series, he is flying off helicopters and defying yeah. gravity, and yeah. he's a superhuman. Whereas Rocky, I would hope, doesn't go through that, but the fact that... In Creed, he got nominated for Best Supporting Actor. And like you said, he's been involved with this property for 50 years. That suggests to me that there is such love and care on Mm -hmm. his part that he would never allow that to happen. And he would never allow anybody else to really take on the role unless they had the same kind of love and respect for it, which is why Michael B. Jordan was able to write and direct Creed 3 because of the love that he put into it. And by all accounts, Creed 3 is a masterpiece. All three are. And like, I I heard somebody talking about Creed recently, 
maybe I don't know if they were talking about the second or the third one in context of it coming out, but just the fact that overall this entire series is pretty well received. Yeah, this isn't the traditional kind of like inspirational sports movie that is going to be just shit out like nothing. And I've talked about movies like that. I do not like the inspirational schmaltzy kind of bullshit movies like we've gotten in the past 20 years. You can call all the the beats before you even watch I, the I movie. I fucking hate movies like that. But this seems like it's it's really been grounded in a way that you can really see a character grow. And because we've got so many movies over all these decades of this character growing, by the end, I mean, what was it, Rocky? It's Rocky Four, where he goes against the, the, the Soviet Union guy? I don't even know. <laughs> One of those guys. And I think by that time, people were ready to assign something to this character, Rocky, and have him be the hero of not just the boxing world, but of America. At the time, yeah. By that time, Rocky had grown that big. Maybe that's what it is. He is such a cultural touchstone for whatever's going on at the time. Because like I said, this is like an upsetting, dirty, Mm -hmm. dismal time in American history. And he is just this little guy. And he's not even in it to win it. He doesn't care if he wins. He's pretty sure and he knows he's going to lose. He just wants to go toe-to-toe with this guy. But by the end, all he wants to do is still be standing at the end. Mickey tells him, stay down, Rock. Stay down. I don't want you to get any more hurt than you already are. He doesn't care. He just wants to be there standing up with him at the very end. He's like, don't you dare stop this fight. I'll kill you if you stop this fight. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, and it's, it's a pride thing, and he puts in all of this work, and he just wants to, like, have his head held high. And prove he's not end. a bum. Yeah. He's not, that's all he cares about is, I'm not a bum. Yeah. Like, the whole movie, they show him, you know, he's working as a low-level thug for some loan shark. Yeah. That's what he does on... That's his day job, yeah. I guess. I guess. And he's got a little notebook, and he can't spell anything. He's like, how do you spell that? Del Rio. How do you spell Del Rio? <laughs> so he just doesn't know anything. He's not good at anything. Like he jokes, I'm a boxer because I can't sing or dance or do anything else. Yeah. And like when he's talking to the loan shark or really anybody else, his body language is one of like, I don't really know how to talk to people that are above me for lack above of a my better station. For as lack it were. of a better word. Oh yeah, he won't he make can, eye contact with him. Yeah, he can talk to anybody else who's from the fucking street. Like he takes that that girl off that stoop and gives her some advice and she throws it right back in his face by the end. But he can talk to people like that. But anybody else above him who who is like giving him money or like you said, in a higher station than he is, he can't even look him in the face. He's a neighborhood guy. This is the kind of city where you are in your, you know, six or 10 block radius and you know everybody and they all know you. They're all like, hey, Rocky, hey, Rock. Well, it reminds me of when we watched The Fighter. Yeah, Everybody exactly. knew that boxer and j- j- from the neighborhood, but he had some other issues that were bubbling under the surface, and that's really what that movie is about. And this movie is all about Rocky and where he comes from and the little world that he is living in when Apollo Creed comes calling, and he wants he wants that. He wants this little person to 
have the the underdog match. He opens a book and picks him based on his name. Yeah. The Italian Stallion. I which, love it. Which, by the way, what is this book that he is reading? I mean, it's before the age it, of the internet. You need... the yellow pages of boxes? It's the yellow pages of... <laughs> That's exactly what it is. Because how else would you find out about these guys? You just have, yeah. like, a little list. Like, here's all the people in the local circuit. Yeah. This is the heavyweights, the lightweights, the featherweights. Mm-hmm. This is their record. It's just a stat book. It's like an almanac of fighters. Yeah. And the whole movie, they're showing Apollo Creed, which I I did know Apollo Creed. I guess I just didn't realize it. We didn't mention in in the intro. Of course he's going to box somebody. Yeah, Carl Weathers. Carl Weathers, Apollo Creed. I know this. Yes. I just don't think I knew it was from the first one because there's so many that are are known in the other movies. Yeah. I just get them mixed up. Mr. T. (laughs) That's right. I forgot. (laughs) (laughs) And Ivan or something. Ivan Drogo. That's it. Yeah. Yeah, Drogo. That's that's the Russian. (laughs) Drogo. Some kind of Drogo. Yeah. yeah. But he literally picks him out of a little book and they show this guy prancing around. Like when he shows up, he is dressed as Washington crossing the Delaware. I had never heard of his entrance thing. Nor had I. Never. He's and just you would the, think the of all powdered of the, wig <laughs> of all of the things that came out of this movie, you would have thought that we would have heard of this stupid entrance. No, of him being George Washington. No, this crossing is, the Delaware. This is like WWE shit. Yeah, like people don't do that in boxing matches. But he is shown the whole movie. He's just promoting himself. Yeah, and it's, it's all a show. It's a publicity. Like the guy says. You know, when they're in the fight, he says, this dude doesn't realize this is like a publicity stunt. He came here to fight. He thinks this is a fight. (laughs) (laughs) So he is just sitting there like talking to his agent and his manager while they show Rocky on TV punching meat. So he's not even training. This guy is so not ready for this fight. Apollo's up there saying, three, three, I'm going to go three rounds with him. And I'm going to knock him out. I'm going to brush him off, knock him out like he's nothing. Because that's what he thought of him. And I outweigh him by 20 pounds. And 30 I'm, pounds. I'm the the champion. And what, who is this I've guy? Ne- I've never been defeated. I've yeah. never even been knocked down. Yeah, and he knocks him down in the first round. Fuck yeah, he does. And he is so surprised by that that it knocks him off balance the rest of the fucking fight. Yeah. But I was trying to remember because I don't know about boxing. I was like, how many fucking rounds are there? Because they go from four to seven yeah. to 14. I'm just like, Jesus. Yeah, it depends on on the uh, the boxing league, I the guess. The rules. Yeah. So yeah, 15 rounds. But of course, by the end, these two guys are just... They look just completely disheveled. Haggard. Haggard is a great word. And just covered in blood and sweat and just them being exhausted. They can't hopping see. around the ring. They're they can't bleeding. See. Yeah. <laughs> and yet yeah. when they when they ring the bell and they go in, he's just like, there's not gonna be a rematch. <laughs> yeah, I don't want no rematch. No, no, no. Not no. gonna be one. No, and Rocky doesn't want one either. And that's right. what's so unique about this. Like Every sports movie I would say that we've ever watched mm-hmm. from the time that we were kids, there's a winner and a loser. And we've seen movies, you know, like in A League of Their Own. Spoiler alert for another 30-plus-year-old movie, guys. <laughs> the team you think is going to win, they don't win. Yeah. But that's okay because at the end of the day, it's just a game. But there's so many other movies where this is the team that's going to win. Yeah, this that's is the, the guy focus. that's going to win. This is the focus of the entire thing where you are going to win. Yeah. We've been brought up on sports movies where the team that's supposed to win wins. Yeah. I remember 
like I didn't really understand as a kid when I watched Angels in the Outfield. <laughs> the biggest thing for for that movie is that they just want to win the pennant. And you did you understand what the pennant was? When I, you saw that movie? I didn't understand that it wasn't actually the championship. Right. No, exactly. They didn't that's win just the going World to, Series. It's just going to the playoffs. Yeah. That's all that is. It's like their division or whatever. Right. It's the most small, minor thing they can get before the big stuff. More than half the teams go to the fucking playoffs these days. <laughs> but they're so terrible, Trent. <laughs> 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 yeah, but so like I did had no idea that that's what that meant. All I cared about was that they won by the end of the movie. Yeah, so but this is teaching something completely different. The winner is an afterthought. Apollo Creed won that fight by decision. It was a split decision by the judges. So like if there's five judges, three of them said Apollo and two of them said Rocky. Something like that. Yeah, and there's a lot of, like, point systems and things I know where, like, if you land a punch, if you Mm -hmm. hit him in the ribs, there's a lot of points. Knockdowns are worth this much. If you knock him down three three times in a round, that's a TKO. Yeah, so there's a lot of things that go into the scoring, but the whole point is Rocky's not a loser. Yeah. Like, that's the whole crux of this entire movie is Mm -hmm. he just doesn't want to be a loser. He wants to do something with his life. And this is it, his big shot on the big stage, and he does it, and that's enough for him. And the thing that he's trying to do is not talk to the fucking journalists and the people who are there to interview him. He's screaming, Adrian, he can't see, he's sweaty and he's tired, where is his girl, where is she? She'll take care of me. And she's like, Rocky, Rocky, and then I love you. And they hug, and that's the end of the and movie. Then freeze frame, and yeah. then credits. Yeah, that's just great. Like that's the central story: is these two little people yeah. in their little corner of the world have one moment where they are more than that, or yeah, he has one moment that's more yeah, than that. And, and there's even like aspects of his character that you know help out his friends. Like his friend Polly works at this meat packing plant, and he decides okay, you can go ahead and sew an advertisement into my robe as I'm walking out. I'm not going to get anything from it. He's he's the guy who is getting all the publicity, but I'm doing it as a favor for my buddy. Yeah, and they show that so many times. Like, he talks to the lady at the, you know, the pet store, and he talks yeah. to the band on, like, the singers on the street. Mm-hmm. And you said, like, the, the girl he walks home, mm-hmm. there's a drunk guy on the street, so he carries him in the right. bar and says, sit down. <laughs> <laughs> I got a friend for you. But they show him many times just trying to help out his neighbors. He's a good guy. He's a good guy. And I did not know any of those character traits of this of this guy before watching this movie. Me neither, I, which I, is I'm, so I'm blown weird. away. I'm blown away. For a movie that has been in existence for almost 50 years, we are coming up in a few years to 50 years of this movie. Yeah. The fact that we knew next to nothing, like, factual about it's this. It's just the cultural things. Yeah. But I think the really important stuff is the stuff that we didn't know about. Well, it just reading more about the making of this movie is so fascinating to me. Like, they made these big props in the stadium. They painted a picture of Apollo Creed. They mm-hmm. painted a picture of Rocky. And they did the shorts wrong. The prop department did red shorts with a white stripe, but he's wearing white shorts with a red stripe. And then later, he says, is my robe too big? It's yeah. because those were genuine mistakes, but instead of leaving them as mistakes, they leave Rocky the movie. just threw in a line of dialogue yeah. where he points it out. Yeah. 
And it's just a, it's a fuck up. It was a mistake. But what Roll better way it. to yeah, it. draw attention? Don't draw attention to it in a way that you know, draws it's attention to it. Yeah. Just yeah, say it. Move on. <laughs> the thing with the dog. I also found out. I we started the movie and he wins his first fight. And he goes back to his apartment and he's got two little turtles because, mm-hmm. of course, he bought them from Adrian at the pet store. Mm-hmm. And I suddenly remembered, I saw an article a few years ago. As of 2020, can confirm, Sylvester Stallone still has those two turtles. Yeah. Which, if you think about it, makes actually a lot of sense. Turtles live for a long fucking time. Yep, if you take care of them. If you take care of them. And so, as of it, as of the time of this recording, I cannot confirm nor deny <laughs> it, but as of three years ago, yeah. they were still alive. And it's just this little thing that he has kept with him when he was a nobody. And he's kept them those this whole are, time. Those are the most important things, though. That it, it reminds you of where you came from. It reminds you of your roots and everything. All the other cliches. But for a big star like him to have to, to still have that at, at his age, of all things, uh, for him to still have that says something about him. Especially for a guy who used to do porn. Uh huh. I forgot that until you said that just now. Well, speaking of being like down on your luck, like... That is something, especially back in the 70s. A job's a was, job trend. It was not a uh, a lucrative profession, let's say. It was something that you, when you're down on your luck, you might be doing something like that. How many former porn stars have been nominated for several Oscars? Oh, jeez. I don't know if he was a star. Like, maybe, no. maybe to call him no a porn star is generous. No such thing as a porn generous. star in the 70s. <laughs> not that I'm aware of, anyway. Dirk Diggler. <laughs> different kind of a thing uh but we were talking about uh the the kind of the making of the movie you read something about the camera operator now you you read that the famous scene of rocky running up the steps in philly uh to the museum it's a museum right it's the yeah the museum of art or something something like that but it's, it's the famous scene of him going up the stairs and normally you don't think about it in 2023 but normally back then the camera Unless it was on a very sturdy thing or something was rigged up, you couldn't do that. You planted without, it. Without the camera bouncing up and down as you go up the stairs with the actor. Yeah, the guy who invented the, the steady guy, cam. The guy who invented the steady cam, which is still used today. The technology that this guy created is still used today. He was going to go out to LA to try to sell this technology was put into this movie, and I'm sure it sold for quite a bit of money. The rest is history, as yeah, they say. Yeah. yeah, So just even little things like that. Like, he was another nobody who happened to be from Philadelphia. Mm-hmm. And they were like, let's use that in the movie. <laughs> and it was just like a novelty kind of a thing where, you know, this is, it's it's a more smooth way of, of watching this actor go up this, this uh, incline. And yeah. I would say the most recent movie we watched, which was uh, was the, the the most recent John Wick movie, when he was going up the stairs at the end of that movie, was very much needed. Yeah, without Rocky, there is no John Wick. There That's I right. Sa- there That's I said right. it. <laughs> <laughs> Thank your lucky stars. Okay, I also heard something random recently, semi-related to what we're talking about. So okay. because of this iconic scene, in Philadelphia, they now have a statue 
of yep. Rocky yep. at the top of those stairs. Yes. It has become a tourist attraction. So people go and check it out. <laughs> Apparently, they have been trying for some years to do the same thing in Detroit of RoboCop. Oh, shit. Yeah. Somebody I made have heard about that. this massive 11 foot statue of RoboCop. It exists. Someone has it, but they're trying to find like the placement for it. And there's a lot of red tape because it's this massive thing and you don't want people to get hurt and someone has to maintain it. It's also fucking RoboCop. And it's, <laughs> it's a. It's a it's a rated R movie. It's a very violent movie. It's you also, really want to be showcasing that. It's also a massive, massive statue. It's significantly larger right. than the Rocky statue. Sure, and like, <laughs> again, you really want to point out in the future Detroit, it is a shithole, and just, RoboCop is there to help clean it up? Come on. I, I just thought it was really funny. It made me think of it because, of course, the big iconic scene in this movie is immortalized with a statue. Yeah. But I think it's probably smaller than life size because Sylvester Stallone's a decent size guy. Even here yeah. where he's still on the smaller side. Sure. But yeah, I just thought that was funny. All right. <laughs> I also finally remembered why I know the name Talia Shire. Oh yeah, you just found this out. So she is Francis Ford Coppola's sister. And then I remembered, oh, it's because she's Jason Schwartzman's mom. Yeah. I knew I knew the name and I didn't know why. And now I know why. Because she's a Coppola. <laughs> that Coppola family is uh, large. Yeah. And then you've also got the Cage connection. Yeah. Nicholas Cage is another Coppola. Uh -huh. There's a lot of people in that family who have gone into this business. Speaking of Nicholas Cage, <laughs> I do have a segue here. <laughs> Uh, there is a scene here where we're first introduced to Mickey. Yes. Early part of the movie where Rocky comes into the gym and Mickey is helping out this boxer in the ring. It's this guy I feel like I've seen before. And then you, you kind of pointed him out. It's like, Hey, I know that guy. And I said, yeah, that's the guy from snake eyes. The other He's boxer. The boxer in snake eyes. So clearly this dude was really a boxer. A real boxer. Yeah. Cause I feel like they probably just went to a boxing gym in Philly. Who's a boxer? Well, and in that movie, it's set in Atlantic City, not very far away. That is also true. Yeah. Yeah, so there you go. Nicolas Cage connection. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I had no idea he was a real boxer. I didn't know he was in this movie. No, not at all. <laughs> so speaking of Mickey, because we haven't talked about Burgess Meredith yeah. yet. Yeah. So you and I, being children of the 80s and 90s, <laughs> know this man from one very specific property, and that is Grumpy old men and grumpier old men. Of course. He plays Jack Lemon's dad. And I'm looking at him in this. And he was also, I don't know if you know this, he was on Batman in the 60s. He was the penguin. That's right. So in the Adam West Batman. Yeah, just this week I saw him trending. And I think somebody had asked a question with a picture of him as Penguin saying, hey, who is this? And Burgess Meredith, his name was trending on Hashtag Twitter. Hashtag Burgess Meredith. Just, just the other day. It's weird. <laughs> that This is, had nothing to do with why we nope. picked this movie. Nope. But I just find it funny that this man seems to have emerged fully formed and never changed. Because <laughs> every time I have seen him at these three very distinct points in his life, he is a grumbly, gravelly-speaking old man. 
I love actors like that or performers. Uh, you and I were talking about something. I can't remember who, but I, I coined the term Steve Martin syndrome, which is a person who is always been an old person to us to us yeah, anyway they, or he, like with steve martin he has always had white hair since yeah, the 70s that's my point yeah. he's just looked that way his entire adult life how old are they 40 or 80 who it's knows? anybody's guess who knows? <laughs> <laughs> well yeah, i think maybe we were talking about it because of somebody like michael douglas we've talked about him a lot on this podcast and especially recently having watched fatal attraction he was a grown man when we were born and so he's always been an adult yeah. it's just how old an adult is he <laughs> but yeah that that's definitely a term for burgess meredith because he was 69 here in this movie and he was like in his 90s almost by the time he died yeah and he's the same this dude is the same yeah, in 20 course, years. Th this is the, the classic example of a guy who drank and smoked and just did all of the things that you're not supposed to do his entire life, and he lived into his 90s. Yeah, in, <laughs> in the second Grumpy Old Man, right. when he makes the joke, you know how I got to live this long? Bacon! <laughs> Every day! Yeah. <laughs> Seriously, I wish I could live a life like that. Not the drinking and the smoking stuff, but just just doing what I want, not exercising, and just living my living my long life. And being a grumpy old shit and being yep. 94 years yep. old. <laughs> yep, I can only hope. All right, there's, there's plenty of other things to talk about here. I don't think we're going to cover the entire thing, but we mentioned his, his dingy apartment. This is the very definition of a studio apartment. Like, that place is a shithole, and yes. I, I always look at, especially when I'm watching older movies, the technology and the appliances, because tech, appliances are technology, the very small fridge he has. Oh, it yeah, is the only ice like, box. It is only, like, five foot high. And it's <laughs> empty. He keeps saying sure. he's got all these this food, but it's like a half-drunk beer, and he says, I got cupcakes. I, I got some chocolate. He said donuts. You donuts. Donuts and something else. I can't remember. A bunch of cheap, high-calorie food. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I, I remarked, he's doing the thing that poor people do to justify the lack of something. So he doesn't have a phone, but instead of just saying, I can't afford a phone, mm -hmm. he says, oh, no, people always calling you, and it's just such a hassle. Yeah, so, so I, I, don't, just, I don't have I, a phone. I just don't have a phone. <laughs> but yeah, it's the logic of it. Like, yeah. I, I don't want to say the real reason, so I'm going to make up a reason. Yeah, to, just to make myself not feel shitty about it. Yeah. And that's fair, but, you know, he even mentions when Adrian comes over, when he sits down on his couch, covered in newspaper. Oh, he made no effort. Oh, no. He was not trying to impress this woman. <laughs> <laughs> he even says, like, oh, yeah, there's a bunch of bugs over there. Why don't you come over here? It's a lot nicer in here. A lot nicer over here. Mm -hmm. And, yeah, like, th that whole interaction with him and her. I liked their date, but him, like, being the high-pressure guy at his apartment of, I just want to kiss you. Don't you want to kiss me? You don't have to kiss me. I want to kiss you. Like, getting her in the corner is like, oh, God. It was maybe a little bit aggressive, but I also believe that <laughs> she's never going to make a move. She's so yes. shy. Yes. And he doesn't exactly force himself on her, but he makes his intentions known, and she uh -huh. has an opportunity to move, and she doesn't. Yeah. So I think that it's probably 
It's toeing a line, but it's okay. Yeah. Because she had an opportunity by to get end, out of this. By the end of that, she was way into it. And that's, uh, I, I don't think that he had any kind of ill intention. No. But clearly, there is some kind of attraction here. She wouldn't go out with him otherwise. Yeah, it was so cute at the beginning where he's like rehearsing the joke he's going to tell her. Yeah. And I didn't know what he was doing. And then he starts saying it. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, oh, my God. This is so fucking every, cute. He comes in here every day. Every day. Has a new thing to make her laugh. Trying to get her to smile. Trying to get her to like to him. To talk. Just to say anything. Yeah. And <laughs> nothing is working. Nothing. <laughs> and he's just, like, going to her brother saying, you got to help me out. What's <laughs> with this girl? Like, I like her. Like, make her talk to me. <laughs> Yeah, and I mean, I like her as as a character in here. It's a good juxtaposition with him, this big meathead guy who wants this mousy little girl, and it fits. I don't know why. And she grows into it once she actually yeah. has somebody paying attention to her and saying, like, you're really beautiful. I always knew you were beautiful. Yeah, don't make fun of me. Yeah, once she believes him, mm-hmm. she starts being, like, more of a woman by sure. the end of the movie it's like damn girl <laughs> like, she's, she's dressing got, up she's and... dressing up she's in this like sweet 70s pantsuit with a yeah. beret and she loses her head she's like i don't even care i she love looks you good. she looks good and yeah. on their date uh <laughs> her brother says oh she likes ice skating take her ice skating on thanksgiving day on thanks after six o'clock on thanksgiving day Goes to the ice rink and the dude's out there with the Zamboni saying, we're closed. Get out of here. It's like, you see that girl over there? She's she's real sick and uh, this is the only <laughs> thing that's going to make her happy. So uh, how about uh, how about you just let, let us on the ice? And she skates and he walks. He right. jogs next to her. Yeah, no, I don't skate. I got bad ankles. It's bad for your ankle. <laughs> <laughs> Which is true. Also, that's such a specific thing that a brother would remember. Like... My little sister liked skating when she was 10. Right. So as a grown woman who he says is almost 30, (laughs) she likes ice skating, which is probably something that used to be true because she clearly hasn't been on the ice in some time. And she clearly doesn't have a life outside of just working at the pet shop and not talking to people. Yeah, in in a, a job that requires customer service, right? you are doing the bare minimum. <laughs> yeah, like the, their date of him just like talking and talking and talking and talking just about anything. And he doesn't know what to talk about because he doesn't know anything about her except for, the, I, I guess, animals. But yeah, in, in, in some parts of our life, in different parts of our life, this might have been similar to us, whereas I would have been the, the, the kind of the quiet one. You're the Talia Shire of this situation. I, I would have I been, yes. But not, not, not now. That's, that's long past. No, somebody said, mm, you must talk to us, so we're going to break yeah, you. Some <laughs> friends of mine a long time ago, they kind of poked me until I came out of my shell, and I've been out ever since. Meanwhile, so. I just don't shut up. Sorry. You've, Sorry, you've I never, don't. You've never, and I and I wouldn't I wouldn't ever try to shut you up. Why do you think we're doing this podcast? It's another there's reason. So many things that have to come out of your mouth. It's another reason for me to talk more. We. <laughs> All right. Uh, well, one of the other better scenes in the movie is when it's after Rocky gets 
offered the title fight and he comes home. He's by himself and Mickey comes over because he wants to offer his services because he heard about what's happening. Yeah, all of a sudden, this guy who kicked him out of his locker earlier, he kind of berated him like he said, you know, you could be somebody, but right. you're you're content just being a bum. And well, now and he's got this it, big opportunity. He wants a piece of it. Yeah, he, he calls him out for working for the loan shark guy. Yeah. And it's like, okay, if you really want to be here, be here and don't fuck around. Yeah. Put in the work, basically. Yeah. You could be somebody, but you mm-hmm. got to put in the work. And he starts talking about his past, like uh, uh, Mickey's past. And he says all of these different things. I fought this guy. I fought this guy. I could have been this. I could have been that. But I didn't have a manager. He says I different didn't have a manager like six times. Yeah, coulda, woulda, shoulda, sort yeah, of. Yeah, I could have been a contender. Mm-hmm. That kind of an, an attitude. But he goes over there and he wants to help him out because he does see it as a big opportunity. He does think that he can be good, but he just needs to put in the work, and he hasn't done it yet. And this is his big chance. Of all the guys who've been putting in the work, Yeah, they didn't get this chance. You're just fucking lucky, but you are going to need help. And yeah. I'm here to offer it to you. Right. But he, of course, is sulking around the apartment like, where were you before? I've been coming here for years. Mm-hmm. Where were you then? Why right. didn't you help me? If you right. want to help me, what the fuck, dude? Yeah, you're coming over here and my place smells like shit. I smell like shit. I live in a hellhole. My live, life is terrible. Yeah, look at, like, it's all kind of coming out here. And another thing I read was this scene, this monologue that Rocky is saying here, all ad-libbed. None of that was written down. Yeah, he, and it's one of the best like acting moments of the in the entire movie. Yeah, he's like, this place actually sucks. Yeah, and I'm really frustrated, and I'm just gonna say it. Yeah, normally I'm okay with my current lot in life, but you know what? Now you're coming over here, you're seeing everything, and you're telling me, oh yeah, it's a nice place. It's also kind of a sad scene because you know Mickey is like saying. I'm 76 years old. Like, he's talking to himself. Like, I don't have a legacy. I don't have anything left. I've been doing this for 50 years. And I have nothing to show for it. And it's really sad when he walks out that door and he's, like, walking slowly down the stairs. Like, they show what an effort it was for him to get up those stairs to Rocky's apartment. It's a little detail, but he he knows. He knows he he hasn't always done what Rocky would like him to do. Sure. But he's he's here now. now. And when he leaves, Rocky realizes it and he chases him down Mm -hmm. and he shakes his hand. He says, okay, let's do it. And it's one of those things where there's no dialogue. Mm -hmm. We're 40 feet away from him. But you know. And you just see the gestures, the body language. And then the training sequence begins. Well, yeah. But first he wakes up at 4 a.m. and has to have his famous... Breakfast. Oh! (laughs) Just cracks open an egg into a glass, and then another, and then another, until he has five raw eggs in a glass. Uh Uh-huh. And that's all real, baby. There's no way to fake that. Not in 1976. Nope. Mm. I understand the need for protein, but... What faster way? Mm. (laughs) Yeah. Mm. Oh, it's going to make me gag just thinking about it. <laughs> oh, okay. It's not that bad, I'm sure. Plenty of people do it. It probably doesn't taste good. Eggs taste good when they're cooked. What do they taste like you're raw? Not, you're not eating them to taste, Betsy. Oh, <laughs> I'm just going to keep saying, oh. oh you stop. <laughs> 
Well, besides all that, Betsy, uh, is there any other thoughts that you had before we get out of here? No, I understand why this movie was so culturally significant and why it has continued to be significant. Mm -hmm. Apart from, you know, the standard technology problems, it's a fairly timeless story. It's an underdog story. Yeah. Everybody loves an underdog story. And it makes me interested in watching more. Definitely. And I, I feel like, you know, we were talking before we sat down to, to record today and we didn't, we knew we didn't want to do a series of just a bunch of Rocky movies. Here you go. Because we didn't know what, what our reaction was to the first one. Now that we have, I definitely want to see more. I have no timetable for when that's going to happen. Uh, we might do it similar to how we do the Kevin Smith movies. We still have one of, one of those still left to watch. Uh, if you're paying attention to that, that won't happen until July, by the way. But yeah, I definitely want to see more of these. Yeah, eventually they'll be coming. Who the hell knows? We don't make that many plans for this show. Oh, come on. We don't We don't need to make a plan. <laughs> <laughs> yes. All right. Now we begin the interactive portion of the show, Betsy. If you would like to reach out to us, the email address is neverseenitpod at gmail.com. We're also on all the social media pages. Find the links in the podcast description. But today we're going to read an email we got from Seth. We got it uh, uh, over a month ago now because uh, we decided we were going to do our other series during the month of April. And this really had nothing to do with it. It didn't so, fit. <laughs> so he's writing to us about Seven Psychopaths. That's a movie we watched. With the subject line, I forgot about all the violence. <laughs> All right, from Seth. Hello, Never Seen It crew. Love the show. I've listened to a few episodes, so I'm not totally sure where I heard it, but I'm totally the person that talks to waiters and people in public like Betsy. Okay, so you, <laughs> you're the, 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 the talkative types that can just strike up a conversation with anybody. I can't help myself. You really can't. You are your father's daughter. Yeah. <laughs> I've seen your father just literally anywhere. Anywhere in the world, anywhere, or the anytime, country, it doesn't matter. He's told a story about he went to Yankee Stadium in New York. He was going to go see a Minnesota Twins game where they're playing at Yankee Stadium. And he found somebody in the crowd from Minnesota who's a Twins fan. They were rooting for the Twins. Yeah. No, it gets weirder because yeah, he, yeah, found yeah, out, more. he found out they had like mutuals uh -huh. <laughs> in like the 80s before the internet. Yes. He was like, oh yeah, you're from that small town. I yeah. know you're third grade teacher yeah. or some crap. Right. <laughs> Your dad has an encyclopedic knowledge of people in this region, just in general. That's just a lot of people it is. around these parts. But yes. anyway, we go and way off the email. I think all of, all of the people that I've met over my years, your father is probably the one that is best at that, who isn't a politician. Oh, yeah. In another lifetime, let yeah. me tell you. Yeah. Maybe when he retires. Or no. Re retires. He'll, he'll run for mayor or He's something. He's too busy talking to all those people that he knows without having to <laughs> make it a whole thing. Right. <laughs> all right. Back to the email. Uh, I was surprised how much of Seven Psychopaths I had forgotten, namely most of the violence. It was funny going from that to your Banshees episode where you keep speculating on its chances of Oscar glory, which we now know was totally shut out. 
poor banshees. Yeah, that was, there were a lot of movies this year, frankly, mm-hmm. that got a lot of nominations and mm-hmm. walked away empty-handed. Banshees was one of them. We man. have talked about doing a series of yeah. It Won Nothing. Yeah. Because there are some big name movies mm-hmm. that got nominated for a lot and got completely shut and out. a whole lot of buzz around Oscar. Are they going to sweep? Are they going to do this or that? And no, just nothing. We covered one of them already. It was Gangs of New York. Right. Gangs of New York won nothing. But it didn't deserve to. Mm. Maybe costumes. Contextually maybe at the costumes. time, maybe it did. But. Yeah. All right. Uh, he has a, has a question. Are there lyrics to your theme song? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, no. Uh, Not that, yet. That song, I mean, if you want to send us some lyrics, I'm all ears. But uh, no, that little ditty was uh, <clears throat> stolen from another Borrowed. Pod- borrowed. Borrowed. <laughs> from another podcast that I've listened to for many, many years. I just like their little break music. They don't use it anymore. They don't use that th- particular ditty anymore. So yeah, we, we, we took it over. So it's ours now. Uh, He he goes on, uh, I sing a little ditty along with it, but I don't want to reveal if I'm way off base. No, we want to hear it now. (laughs) Yes, we have. Record yourself. Send (laughs) us an MP3. We'll play it on the show. No, we don't. (laughs) Uh, Keep up the good work from Seth. Thank you, Seth. Thank you, Seth. Fantastic to hear from brand new people on the show. If you like to be like Seth and have your email read on the show, email us neverseenitpod at gmail.com. If you would like to support the show in other ways, please also click that link in the podcast description to go to Spotify. You can throw us a dollar, five dollars, ten dollars, however many dollars you want to send us. Anything helps grow the show. And speaking of growing the show, another way to help us out is to just go into your podcast app and rate us five stars, whether it be on Spotify or iTunes or whatever app that you're using to listen to us. Rate us five stars and it'll help elevate the show to put it in front of more people. That's what we want. We need to grow the damn show. And speaking of the show, of course, we teased that we're going to be starting up a brand new series again. Not Rocky. Not Rocky. <laughs> uh, the uh, Sundays in the month of May are going to be themed around hackers. We're hacking, we're hacking the movies. We're hacking the net. <laughs> <laughs> we already saw the net. It's not going to be it's the net. It's not the net, guys. God damn no, it. No, no. We're, we're... I wish we hadn't already seen that movie. It's really good. But no, we're going to be watching hacker type movies. About hackers. About hackers of some kind, some variety. We think these are hacker movies. So, yeah. We're we're, doing the best we can. We're going to cover what the internet tells us. That's going to be the Sunday series this here month of May. But until then, this has been Never Seen It. My name is Trent. My name is Betsy. And we will catch you on the next one. Bye.